With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Well, that's right. You heard the man. It's that time of week. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios here in Las Vegas. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be as we head into a dynamic an effervescent a huge great anticipation final there are only seven games left in the 2022 nfl season and what a whirlwind it's been we are now into the divisional round and the buy teams into the fray so welcome in uh the kansas city chiefs uh welcome in the philadelphia eagles but what if i told you the buy team's advantage isn't maybe so great. Only 13-27 and 27 against the spread in the last 40 games, right? I will tell you, uh, tonight will be heavy, heavy NFL-centric because uh, this is a great weekend in terms of matchups and conversations and story angles. And about an hour from now, we're going to dive into the Tom Brady. I'm calling it the tale of two quarterbacks. Tom Brady, what I actually think he's going to do, and when I piece together the tea leaves, he's, I think you're going to agree with me. And then we will get into the entire Lamar Jackson saga. I don't care what John Harbaugh says, 200%. Steve Bashotti ain't backing down. Uh, Steve Fezzik in about 15 minutes will go over this crazy, wacky divisional playoffs, some prop bets and some things, uh, some narratives that aren't necessarily accurate. Fez will, of course, he is not shy when it comes to setting uh, the record straight. But again, about an hour, I really want to dive heavy into this Tom Brady, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson saga, as it were. It kind of reminds me of a story, you know, the, the late, great Muhammad Ali, who was the greatest, the greatest. There's a story back in the 90s. He got word through one of his managers that an old uh, folks to an old Jewish folks home in New York City was about to go under because they lacked funding. And uh, one of the uh, handlers uh, let Muhammad Ali know about this, and he asked if he might be willing to assist in subsidizing the facility so it wouldn't go out of business. And Ali says, yeah, uh, but can I, go, can I go over there and take a look at it first? But yeah, count me in. 
No sooner does Muhammad Ali walk in the door and some elderly gentleman, had to be in his 80s, comes storming up to Ali and says, Oh my God, look who's here. It's unbelievable. The man, he's the greatest. He's the greatest. He, I can't believe I'm standing in front of the greatest. People, come look at this. It's Joe Lewis. And precisely that moment, Ali's manager started to correct him, and Ali put his hand on his shoulder. said, Nope, nope. Let him go. He's having a good time. I don't want to ruin his fun. That was Muhammad Ali, the greatest. And the truth of the matter is that man might have had the wrong name, but he had the right guy. Ali was the greatest inside the ring and outside the ring. Hold that story because when I start to talk about Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson, I will relate the moral of that story to these two fine gentlemen that are going to hold the National Football League hostage. You know, the new national football league with household names like daniel jones and brock purdy and sam hubbard give it up to daniel jones man tell me the dude let he wasn't brilliant last week he wasn't tough clutch dominant you know he was and according to the good folks over at nfl research daniel jones became the first player in league history last week with 300 plus passing yards two plus passing touchdowns 75 yard plus rushing yards in the same postseason game. And this is a guy formerly known as the turnover machine. Oh, by the way, he didn't cough up the ball once in a complete, in a, in actually a clean game by both sides, right? 24 or 31, 78% of his passes, 301 yards, spread the ball around. Very dynamic. See, see, what that does is that leads, a performance like that creates a new narrative for this week. Now, I just mentioned by teams, you may think they have an advantage, only 13 and 27 against the spread in their last 40 games. One of those by teams, well, look, let's put it to you. Let's, let's put it this way. Look at the matchup between the Cowboys and the 49ers. The 49ers, this is a handicapping nightmare. I am not involved in this game, side or total. First of all, the schedule makers did the Dallas Cowboys no favors. This is a weird game. Cowboys play a Monday night road game. Follow, now, now, they're going to follow that up with a road playoff game Sunday. Two plane rides. 49ers get two extra days to prepare. And in the last 30 instances in the National Football League, when a team wins a road Monday night game, then has to travel for a second week in a row to play a second consecutive road game with less days to prepare than their opponent, they are 3-27 straight up. Does that lead you to the 49ers? 49ers have won 11 in a row. But the last 14 teams to go for that 12th win in a row in the National Football League, only 1-13 against the number. Niners are laying 3.5. Does that mean they win by 3? By the way, did I mention the Cowboys are playing their fourth road game in a row? I'm telling you, this is a very tough card this week. I am not involved in that game. And I'm going to get to Dallas in a little bit later because the people coming at me about the Cowboys, uh, and I'm going to give Mike McCarthy credit. He's done a hell of a job. When the Cowboys are good, they're great. They hammered the Bucks Monday. Back when the Vikings were 8-1, and one, they beat them 40-3. to three. The Cowboys had games this year where they scored more than 40 points three times, 49 once, 54 points once. Three times their defense forced four or more turnovers in one game. We know Micah Parsons is a game record. 
He's got 13, 14 sacks this year, you know, 15 tackles for loss. He's, he hits quarterbacks more than Rocky Balboa. So, you know, if Prescott takes care of the ball, if you think he can play that kind of game two times in a row, I don't know. I can't be fooled by Dallas beating up on the Buccaneers uh, who look like, you know, they were late for their dinner at Bill Knapps. You got to look that up in Michigan for you old timers. So set that aside. Tough game. I'm not I'm not getting involved in that game. And look out for the New York Giants, Big Blue. They're flying under the radar. They've not only covered five in a row, the odds makers just have not caught up with him. They're 14 and four against the number this year, catching seven and a half. Not involved in that game either, but if I had a gun in my head, I'd look to the dog. Because when two divisional teams play for the third time in the same season in the playoffs, the dog covers 64% of the time. The numbers just don't quit. Last week, the Jaguars turn the ball over five times and win. You have a 3% chance of winning if you turn the ball over five times in any National Football League game. Since 1989, there have been 177 instances where a team has turned the ball over five times in a game. There were only seven wins out of that. How about more turnovers? Josh Allen as a quarterback, 19 turnovers, most in the National Football League for any quarterback this season. Will it play into the Bengals' opportunistic defense? This Bengals team is very good. I, I don't want to hear I know. I hear it. They're a down three linemen. Fabulous. You can listen and you can repeat what you heard. They were down linemen last year and went to the Super Bowl. And Lou Anaruma's got a pretty good defense. And Buffalo didn't look great last week either, but, you know, in the National Football League, it's a week-to-week league. So what happened the week before isn't necessarily a predictor as to what's going to happen next week, and we'll get into that with Fez. But I will say there is one bet that I do like a lot. I'm not telling you to bet it. I'm just telling you what I did. Feel free to do your own research. And it's the first game of the weekend. When you look at the final score from last Saturday's Chargers-Jacksonville game, you'd think the Jaguars' defense played a lot worse than it actually did. And when you look at the game script and you look at the box score and Trevor Lawrence, you'd think his, you know, he was a little bit more efficient than probably the numbers show. But it wasn't really until the Chargers were up by 27 that the Jags were able to get any sort of passing offense going because of their turnovers. Here's the deal. The Chiefs' secondary can be had. But should it also be noted that the Chiefs' top two corners rank in the top 15 in lowest average separation metrics, meaning... Lawrence is going to be throwing into some very tight windows Saturday, and uh, the weather is not going to be great. That game script from the Chargers is leading to a market overreaction. I'm not grabbing the points, and I'm not laying the points, but I think the total is too high. This is a classic Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs, home under spot. Bet you didn't know this. The Chiefs are one of the better teams at protecting leads because they have a superb, stellar ball control offense. Terrific. They allow teams to fight back into games, but rarely lose total control when they're playing from ahead. They'll give you yards. You hear Bill Belichick talk about this. You've heard Mike Harmon repeat this. Yards are one thing. Points are another thing. Chiefs might give you yards. They might not translate into points. It's part of the reason the Chiefs aren't necessarily profitable as a big favor. You're always paying that Chiefs tax. And they're laying, I think, nine Saturday. However, unders in home games with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are excellent. Now, 
it's only a 25-game sample. But since 2018, when Kansas City is favored by seven or more, and they're favored by nine, the Chiefs are 17-8 and eight to the under. Again, since 2018, when the Chiefs are favored by more than seven, that's 68%. I'll take those odds. The total was 51.5 in their last meeting between these two teams in Week 10. And that's too high in a playoff environment. And now the Lions run to 53. I actually got it at 52 and a half. So if there's a game, I will tell you I have fired on. I like the under in the Chiefs and uh, and Jacksonville Jags. We're going to cover all four games. We're going to get into a lot of stuff tonight. We're going to take a quick look back at what did the wild card round teach us. We'll look at the specific matchups. And again, an hour from now, a big-time expose into Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady and some of the nuances and how hard the Blake Glazers are going to really try to keep Tom Brady. By the way, we will not be talking about Shannon Sharp and his antics at the crypto, uh, whatever you call it, the Staples Crypto Arena tonight. I covered the malice at the palace. I was there. I was trying to think of a clever name to rhyme with crypto. This was not that. I, I, you know, I <laughs> They, they don't want this smoke. They don't want these problems. Okay. All right. Thanks Thanks for weighing in. I really appreciate that. Um, pick up your home version of the game on the way out. Hey, football fans, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM every Saturday and Sunday morning, three hours before kickoff. Tune in Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern and Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern as we take you live all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app presented by Bet. MGM coming up. You know him, you love him, you can't leave without him. Get your pens and pencils ready. You'll be drinking out of a fire hose when it comes to football, division round weekend, knowledge, and betting knowledge above and beyond. The only two-time winner of the prestigious Hilton uh, Westgate Super Contest, that would be Mr. Steve Fezzik. So keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, back on the Bernie Fratter Show, coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. It is that time. We go to the gentleman, the only two-time winner of the prestigious Hilton Now Westgate Super Contest as we head into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs Get your pens and pencils ready. You're going to be drinking through a fire hose. It is time for Steve Fezzik and the Fezzik Five. The time is now. It's the Fezzik Five. These are the five things you need to hear about. Now, with the only back-to-back Hilton Super Contest winner, Steve Fezzik. Here's Bernie Fratto. 
Well, Fez, how you doing? We have seven games remaining on the NFL schedule for 2022. Four of them will be this weekend. And before we dive in, in about 10 minutes, we'll dive in heavily to each individual matchup. I cannot recall a teaser getting as much buzz as the one involving the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. I think uh, over 7.3 billion people have already fired on that teaser. So when it looks this easy, you know my thoughts. First of all, Fez, tell everybody what we're talking about and why most likely it's probably going to hit. Well, it's a Wong teaser. So Wong teasers, you want to tease through the three and through the seven. Frankly, it was better earlier in the week because the Kansas City line is up to nine to nine and a half. Um, and Kansas City was eight and a half for most of the week. So you tease Kansas City down to minus two and a half. You tease Philly down to below three as well. Now you could accomplish that with a six point teaser early in the week. Now to do it uh, there's plenty of nines on Kansas City. You have to use a six-and-a-half-point teaser. You must get Kansas City below three. So you got to get Kansas City down below minus two-and-a-half. Um, without boring everyone with all the details, uh, it is a superior bet to bet Kansas City and Philly in teasers than to play them on the money line or to play them on the point spread. So the Sharps absolutely are playing this teaser. doesn't mean it, it, it wins for sure, but um, long-term, these Wong teasers have had a positive expectation as long as you're playing them at good teaser odds, which is a six-point teaser, minus 120 or less, a six-and-a-half-point teaser, minus 130 or less. And you bring up a good point in the beginning because if the Chiefs are now up to nine and a half, you're going to have to play a seven-point teaser. That might be 140. Would you make a, an exception in this case? Uh, that's a bridge too far. You, um, if, if, if once it gets to nine and a half, I think you just let it go. Um, I think you've, the highest I'm willing to go with this is to play it at Kansas City minus nine, uh, you know, along with Philly. And to give an example, why the Philly teaser is so good, that let's say you um, do did play a seven point teaser um, at minus one forty. That the without boring everyone with all the ugly math, that's like laying minus three twenty on each one of the legs. So it's like playing. Philly minus a half, uh, minus three twenty. That sounds like a lot, Bernie, but it's not because if you played Philly on the money line, even if you had access to every book in the world and shopped for the very best number, the best you could do right now is minus three fifty. So you're literally getting a thirty cent discount by playing the seven point teaser on Philly. And like we discussed, you probably don't have to play a seven point teaser. You can play a six and a half point teaser. So uh, that's why it's a superior bet. And it, it works out the same. It work, works out just being the money line on the Eagles. All right, being the full service segment, we are to a grateful nation. The one thing that would bust this up, of course, is if one of these dogs went out right. Let's, so let's take a little bit of a deeper dive. Jacksonville's been an underdog 13 times this year. They actually won eight of those games outright. Now, Doug Peterson, 6-0 and against the number, and 5-1 and outright as a playoff underdog. I really can't picture the Chiefs losing at home. On a scale of 1-10, to 10, how shocked would you be if the Chiefs lost at home? I would be 8.5. I, uh, yeah. I, I get it that um, any given Sunday and the like. But, I mean, clearly Kansas City has the pedigree. Kansas City is very se- seasoned. 
that when they have gotten down double digits in the playoffs, it has not been a problem for them. This team has the best quarterback in the league against a flake for a quarterback that might be good one day. Anyone who watched the Tennessee Titan game knows that Trevor Lawrence is not ready for prime time. And frankly, anyone who watched the Charger game, ditto. Uh, I think um, I, I want no part of Jacksonville. I think Kansas City wins by 10. When yeah. these teams faced each other earlier in the year, we did see um, Kansas City only win by 10, but they dominated. The stats there, oh three in turnovers, still one by ten. Well, and I'm with you. Look, Andy Reid has won 19 playoff games in his career. 15 of those wins were by double digits. Before I uh, get off of that into our next subject, uh, it's the only thing I fired on all weekend is the under in that game. I got it at 52 and a half. Do you have thoughts? Um, the overs went five zero and one last week, so. I I don't have a dog in the fight. There should be there could be some precipitation for the game. I would lean under, but I think you should wait until right before kickoff because the tax on overs is going to be egregious because all the public's going to play as long as the games keep going over, the public's going to keep betting overs. I'm going to bold prediction. I bet like we get a 54 on this game right before kickoff, Bernie. Wow, even with the weather and the weather's not going to be that egregious, but it's not going to be stellar. You got a Florida team coming up. You know, those Florida teams do when it gets below 32 degrees. They shiver. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, all right, Fez. Uh, let's move ahead. Obviously, futures bets are, are something that people look at when it comes to this time of the year, who's going to the Super Bowl, the odds. But you brought up a great point last week about how to do a mechanical parlay, and I think now would be a good time to revisit that. Yeah, so the futures market, this is a, a hidden secret that the sports books do. It is a cash cow. They just short pay people to such an extreme level. Examples, if you would play the Chargers each and every game or Tampa Bay, and after they won, rolled it over, took your winnings on the money line and bet them to win the next game. Well, you can't do that anymore because they've been eliminated. But you could have um, basically created an expectation of getting paid around 50 to 1. Contrast that by betting those teams in the futures pools, you would only get about 25 to 1. You literally would get only half as much as you'd get by rolling your money over each and every week. So if you like any team to win the Super Bowl, there is no reason to put any of these teams in a futures bet. Just bet them to win and take whatever you want to risk, your $100 or whatever. Bet them to win, cash your ticket, and bet them to win the next week. You'll wind up with more money than putting them down and into the futures pool because the dastardly cockroach bookie hides extra big in household in those payouts. Couldn't agree more. Look at the 49ers. They're only plus 450. And uh, and I got I tell you what I let's assume the 49ers and Eagles advance okay just for purposes of this conversation what do you make the line in Philadelphia next week I make it a pick 'em yeah so it's going to be a pick 'em so let's just we can do it real quick so we take a hundred dollars we bet the Niners on the money line boom now we have a hundred fifty we bet them against the Eagles we double we go to three hundred they'll be an underdog in the Super Bowl we take our now we got three hundred dollars and we're going to bet them as an underdog we'll get back probably 400 and we wind up with 700 boom our As 100 just turned into 700 that's six to one bernie six to one's better than any futures odds you're going to get on those 49ers excellent so if you just put your plunk your hundred down it would bring back 450 you got to win three games in a row but the mechanical parlay you just laid out much better return uh fez one final thing quickly before uh 
we get to the the actual games themselves. We break down, and I, I, I want you to get some prop bets as well. Look, Brett Maher missed a you know missed four extra points last week. We 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 know that, right? So now all of a sudden, one book opens up. Will he miss an extra point plus two fifty? Then it's plus five hundred. To me, those are fool's gold bets. They're action junkie bets. What are your thoughts on that? Would you recommend to anybody in good faith to bet that Brett Maher misses a field goal or misses an extra point? Excuse me. No, I would recommend you bet that he won't miss the extra point. I mean, right. he's, he, 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 now, is the chance he's going to miss an extra point higher than what it was? Of course. So historically, if over his career he's made 97% of the extra points, 94. you know what, Bernie? He's in bad form. Maybe he's only going to make 94.5%. He's still going to make them. I mean, I don't care that he may. It's, it's like watching a putter, a, a professional putter, um, putter, professional golfer have the yips one round, and he misses four three-footers. Is he going to miss a three-footer the next round? No, he's not. Yeah, I, look, there's a, there's a rumor that George Clooney went to the mall one day and he had his fly down for three hours and no one told him, but... He's still George Clooney. That's the only day he did that. This is a guy who's made 94% of his extra points. So to your point, Fez, I'm in agreement. Again, smart thoughts. Coming up, we're going to get to some props, and no one's better. No one's better on the planet than focusing on props and Steve Fezzik, and we're going to take a little bit deeper dive into each one of these four divisional games uh, this weekend. But first, let's go to our guy, Kevin Figures, with the latest. All right, Bernie, how about we give some props to the Lakers, snapping the Grizzlies' 11-game win streak on Friday night. Yeah, who saw that coming? 122 to 121 in Los Angeles. Russell Westbrook leading all scorers with 29 points. Kyrie Irving scored 48 points to lead Brooklyn over Utah, 117-106. to The Nets snapping a four-game losing streak. Aaron Gordon with 28 points leading Denver over Indiana, 134-111. to Nine straight victories there for Denver. They were without Nikola Jokic who sat out with a hamstring injury. Clippers defeating the Spurs in San Antonio as Kawhi Leonard scored 36 points against his former team. Golden State a 120-114 win in Cleveland despite being without Steph Curry Clay Thompson and Draymond Green went for Atlanta, Orlando, and the Dallas Mavericks. In baseball, the Twins traded AL batting champion Luis Arise to Miami for pitcher Pablo Lopez and prospects. In soccer, Brian McBride will not return as general manager of the U.S. men's national team, a position he has held since 2020. Back to Bernie Fratto. All right, thanks so much, uh, Kevin. Good stuff. All right, back to Steve Fezzik and the Fezzik Five. Fez, before we get to the breakdown of four individual games here, Talk about props. Uh, you got the floor. Run with it wherever you want to go because that's where you make your real money. To be up late in the night working on props, the um, there's four games. There's four sides, and the limits on these games. You know, I'm gonna, let me check how much I can bet at Circa on an NFL game. Here we go. I can bet two hundred thousand dollars. Uh, that's what their limit is on the two games on Saturday, 100000 on Sunday. Bernie, do you think Circa just wants to give away 100000 or $200,000? They might, but most books don't. Exactly. So where I'm going is that if there's any number that was wrong by any appreciable amount, someone probably would have gone in, uh, the best bettors in the world, and picked up their 200000 Guess what? Those lines are right. Guess what the prop limits are? $1,000 at most books, if not $500. Well, if you're only going to be betting $500 to $1,000, you are looking in the wrong area trying to win. Betting on sides, you should be looking to bet on select props. That's where you should attack tomorrow, and you should be doing research as such. We can talk about some of the games of what I will be looking towards playing, yes. Well, and as we do with our tradition to be the fifth year in a row, uh, the – 
Saturday night before the Super Bowl, we'll we'll spend a lot of time on props because every year you bet the Super Bowl game alone, you're 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 betting probably what uh, 70, 80 props, prop bets. Yeah, that's a, that's a high number. I'll probably get to like. 30 to 40, exactly. And people are like, how can you bet 30 or 40? Well, if there's 500 props I'm analyzing and I'm betting 40 of them, I'm betting 8% of them. And books makes egregious mistakes when they put up opening numbers on props um, because they're out of their element. They're really pricing things they're not used to pricing. And, you know, we'll give that primer again, but for the most part, you like to avoid the needle in the haystack shooting BBs at the noon props, get to yes-no props, over-under props, that kind of stuff. Fair enough. I mean, you you got some general principles in betting props. You want to just take a minute to talk about those? Yeah, you you want to avoid the dumb-dumb props of example. Um, how much is Kansas City going to win? One to four points, five to nine points, ten to 14 points. Right. Those are the needle in the haystack props that God couldn't win. They, there's so much inherent vague. And, if, you know, if you look at the, the reporting on all the different states, the states are holding like 10 percent in terms. So for every hundred dollars bet, they are profiting ten dollars or 10 percent. A drunk baby that hasn't done the research yet that's throwing <laughs> darts loses a 4.5 percent playing um, against a standard minus 110 bet. So the average adult male, men are worse at this than women, I believe, um, is twice as worse as a drunk baby at this sports betting. And why? Because they play horrendously. They play. It's like blackjack players playing all these long shot um, prop bets on the blackjack table where they're betting that they're going to get a pair and the like where there's an enormous house edge. They're playing same game parlays that they're getting short paid on and they're betting things like who's going to score the first touchdown the last touchdown and nobody wins when well, i don't say i hate to say no one almost nobody wins playing that way you want to bet stuff that's like has an over under patrick mahomes pass yards you can go over or you can go under you want to bet yeses and nos will um, um trevor lawrence throw an interception yes or no those are the sort of bets you want to bet on all right so we are just about 14 hours away from the kickoff. Kansas City hosts Jacksonville. Fez, I said it at the top, by teams, not that great of an advantage. Last 40 games, 13-27 and 27 against the number. But this is the one game, even though I think that backdoor can stay open, I think Kansas City can hang this number. Final thoughts on Kansas City-Jacksonville in any angle you look for. I... You know, it's interesting. I'm old enough, Bernie, that back in the late 80s, early 90s, all these teams off buys covered. And there was like newsletters like, you got to play these teams off the buy. And now we just chop it off. And I get it. It's the modern NFL. And it's starting in like 2010. But um, if you included all those other weeks, it would not look nearly as, as bad for these teams off of a buy. Uh, I do think Kansas City is the side here. I'm going to bet, yes, Trevor Lawrence throws an interception. It's, I'm probably going to have to lay like minus 150. Um, but I just I can't see a scenario based upon how I've seen Trevor Lawrence play. I know the Jacksonville defense has played better, but they've been playing against backup quarterbacks. Kansas City should have the lead, and what I see from Trevor Lawrence, I don't trust him at all. KC should get an interception, or well, if the, not two. You, you, you referenced the, their game in November. The Chiefs had about 500 yards that day against the Jaguars, and if you recall, the Chiefs, turned the ball over three times, and the Jags even covered an onside kick, which cost the Chiefs a possession late in the game. They still managed 
500 yards. So I think the Chiefs are going to get their points. For some reason, I think the Jags are going to struggle to get their points just a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to stick to my under, but we'll go from there. All right, the Giants and Eagles. Again, two divisional teams. Giants are 14-4 and four against the number this year when two divisional teams play for the third time in the same season. The dog has covered 64% of the time. Fez, I don't know that the markets have caught up with the Giants yet. They're still getting more than a touchdown. Uh, I have not fired on this game, but actually I could only look to the dog. And what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts? He's got a tender shoulder, hasn't really played much in about a month. Uh, I realize the Giants are stepping up in class here, but regardless, this game just seems weird to me. You know, it's an interesting game because I'm going to make the case last week the Giants were playing Minnesota, and I said these, both these teams stink. Someone's right. got to win. I'm going to bet against them. <laughs> all right, so, so now all of, all of a sudden the Giants have become the darling, and I know Dayball's the best coach in the history of the NFL, and Danny Dimes is a top-five NFL quarterback. Um, the, these teams played in December. The game was in New York. The Eagles were laying seven, and they won by a zillion. They destroyed the Giants. Um, I get it. The Hurts isn't 100%. The Eagles, they're a 13-1 team, and they had a home field pretty much wrapped up, and they went ahead and brought in Minshew to, 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 for a couple games, and then they were workmanlike, and, and they, were, they were never in danger in that game against the Giants' backups. To um, they're, you know, they're up big the entire game. The Giants got a, a backdoor score at the end of the game to make it look respectable. The Eagles aren't just better. They're much better. They're all rested. The Giants are off an upset win against a horrific Viking team that they couldn't even beat the first time they played. Um, but again, there's no reason to lay eight because we can play the teaser. The Eagles are going to win the game. It's a great bet. Kansas City, Philly, we're not going to screw around. We're just playing the teaser. I agree with you. The Eagles are rested. They're mostly healthy. I know that their tackle Lane Johnson, you know, is an issue. We'll, we will find out. Uh, I still, you know, Philly's pass defense and run D is a little vulnerable. So we'll see. Uh, it's a game I'm not involved in. But, again, it's a divisional game. And I, I just can't get real excited about going against Brian Dable right now. I just think there's better games on the board. All right, let's flip to Sunday, the noon game, 3 o'clock Eastern time. The Bengals. Wow, this line has been all over the map, Fez. Uh, I, be I believe the Bengals opened up catching three and a half. It touched six. It's now kind of settled to five and a half. Is that correct? It is correct. And, you know, this. it would not surprise me if Buffalo won this game by 20. It wouldn't surprise me if Cincinnati found a way to win. That's what they did in the playoffs with the compromised O-line last year when Burrow was getting sacked every third play, seemingly. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if they couldn't protect Burrow at all and the Bills just romp. I'll tell you this. Um, I'm still waiting for books to put up over-under on the total amount of sacks in this game. You've got two gunslingers going. I know Burrow's not going to get protected um, with his O-line compromised. I'm going to play over five sacks. I think I'll get that number. Um, probably have to pay a little bit of extra vig. I can't see a scenario where we don't have a game with a whole bunch of sacks and big plays being made. So I'm going to go sacks over with team, both teams that are going to be passing a lot. I know a lot of sharp professional money came in on the send-off line, and that would, that's what caused the line to run. But you give any credence to the fact that Joe Burrow is 17-7 and seven as an underdog in his career, and the Bengals sound like they've got a little bit more motivation about this Buffalo already selling tickets for the neutral site game. Does that, does that matter to you at all? 
You know, it's kind of like this is Spinal Tap, the movie. Remember when they had the amp <laughs> that went 11? up to 10? Yeah. Yes, and, and what, 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 but the motivation goes up to 11 on this one. It's worth more. It's like, so the Bengals are more motivated in this division playoff game round than Buffalo. I just don't buy it, Bird. They're both maximum motivated. I, I mean, they're not looking ahead. This is um, Cincinnati just outplayed Buffalo for a quarter, and I, I would argue that that actually benefits Buffalo, that they're not going to – they're certainly not looking past the Bengals. Both teams max motivated. So this leaves the final game, and if there's only one game I could watch all weekend, it would be Saturday night, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific, San Fran laying four against the Cowboys. Clearly to me the storyline is Brock Purdy. He's passed every test this season, but the Cowboys defense does represent the biggest test, I think, that Purdy will have seen all year. Remember, the Cowboys lead the NFL in pressure percentage about 40% of the time. They finish second in sacks. You know, how will Purdy handle that pressure? And and I think that's going to be part of the storyline. I don't think the Brett Maher thing is going to be a storyline. People are getting their jollies over that. We're going to move past that, in my, in my humble opinion. But, you know, Dallas as an underdog in the playoffs has not been great, historically. The Niners look like this is their game to lose but you got to play the game your thoughts i think the niners are going to get their points dallas defense has not been as good as they were earlier in the year true um i look back to the jacksonville game by example that was just a complete shootout and as good as the niners are playing with all those weapons i think the niners get their 27 to 30 points now the question is does Dallas keep up with them? Certainly possible, as well as Dak played against Tampa Bay, and Dallas certainly has the weapons. Further, Dallas is finally figuring out that they've got a running back. Uh, their, their backup running back is like a top-five running back in the league. Give the ball more to Pollard, which, based upon the over-unders on, on rush yards that I'm seeing, um, everyone is expecting that will happen. That makes Dallas's offense even better. Um, I mentioned about all these games going over and how there's going to be a point spread tax. This is the late game on Sunday. I don't think the number has run yet, but it will. Let's play. You know, MGM has a 46. Let's go over 46 at the MGM. Grade me at 46 and a half right now. I'm going to go over on this game. I think that that total is going to inflate Bernie, and I do see a little bit of a shootout. Fizz, we'll have you on next Saturday night to preview the two conference championship games, which will determine – who will go to the Super Bowl? Gun to your head. Is this a chalk tournament? Do you expect it to be Philadelphia and Kansas City? Yes. I, uh, I bold prediction all the favorites win tomorrow. All right. Great stuff, Fez. Enjoy your week and good luck, buddy. I guess that wasn't so bold, but they are certainly an underdog. Well, right? hey, Have a good look, one now. It's, it's never easy. All right. Thanks, Fez. That's the Fezzik, Fezzik 5, the only two-time winner of the Hilton, now Westgate prestigious Super Contest. Well, the... The, the Eagles and the Chiefs are favorites. Coming up, I'm going to tell you why the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl and why they might not. I'll do the same with Philadelphia. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrock.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Frado Show on Fox Sports Radio. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. As you all know, we're the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Numero uno. Yeah, and we know why millions of people tune in every week. Yeah. They want to hear us talk sports, not our idiot guests who think they know more about sports than we do. Yeah, listen to these dummies. You don't know crap about sports. Nothing. Uh, you don't know nothing uh, about football. This is the worst thing Wait, I've ever he's been still on the line. Get off the show. Oh, off the show. You don't 
If you want to hear how sports talk should be done, yeah. listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on the Bernie Fratto Show, coming to you live from the TireAct.com studios here in Las Vegas. Top of the hour, we dive into the tale of two quarterbacks. Tom Brady, is he going back to Tampa? What's he going to do? The $64 question, and we'll... Break down the Lamar Jackson saga. Yeah, I know John Harbaugh said 200% he'd be back. Yeah, that and 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee at White Castle. We'll see. We'll, I don't think Steve Bichotte is backing down. This is going to get interesting, so we'll, we'll, we'll break it down. So as you heard, Fez, uh, who uh, knows a thing or two about this, he believes it will be the Chiefs and Eagles in the Super Bowl. And uh, he might well be right. He might well be right. But in the National Football League, you learn to expect the unexpected. And I think right now, I, I of the two, I would more favor the Chiefs. Mahomes, he's the MVP of the league. As long as the Chiefs have him and Andy Reid and they play at the level they're at, they're going to be the favorite. I knew they wouldn't take a step back without Tyreek Hill. As a matter of fact, the Chiefs offense got a lot more versatile. They're very deadly. They got a very explosive array of pass plays. But they can also grind out the long drives. And they, did the Chiefs even have a power run game, which they showed down the stretch? And so the Chiefs not only have the league's best passing attack and best offense, and Mahomes is not only 8-3 and three in the postseason, uh, he, he's, it's pretty scary to get in front of the Chiefs. And, you know, I, I, their offense is always going to get points. You're going to have to out, outskill. You're, you're going to have to outlast the Chiefs. You're going to have to outscore the Chiefs. You're going to have to out-hustle them. They just, they're not going to be an easy out. However, the Chiefs are beatable defensively. They've been very average on that side of the ball, and the Chiefs had a relatively soft schedule in the National Football League this year. They only played four top 12 offenses out of 17 games and ranked 24th in DVA against both the pass on the run in those games. Now, maybe some of those stats are when Chiefs are – Teams are trying to, you know, catch up to them when they're down by two scores at the end. And and there's another aspect of the Chiefs this year that if you are an an objective Kansas City Chiefs fan, Andy Reid usually has teams that feature very good special teams, but they've been shoddy this year as well. Most notably, surprisingly, Harrison Butker in the kicking game. Now, they have an offensive line that they rebuilt this year. But even they've struggled at times in pass protection. The Chiefs only faced one team all year in the top 10 in the league in, in pressure rate. And by the way, they turned it over three times in that game. Look, football is a team game played in three phases. Yes, 
Patrick Mahomes is an MVP, but the last MVP to win a Super Bowl in the same season and uh, it was Kurt Warner back in 1999. So the Chiefs are going to have to protect home uh, Patrick Mahomes and you know shore up the things on defense. The Eagles, they look like they've got a hell of a shot to get to the Super Bowl. Fez believes they will, but are we sure they're healthy? Lane Johnson is still practicing lightly. He's kind of a huge key on the line, especially in pass protection. Uh, Jalen Hurts is off the injury report, but clearly he didn't look himself in Week 18. And he's going to have to shake off some rust. And that defense is really predicated on Hurts' ability to keep plays alive with his feet. He makes good decisions. That opens up passing lanes. By the way, the, the Eagles' pass defense is very vulnerable, right? Uh, look at look at Darius' big play slay. I think they call him big play slay because he constantly gives up big plays. Gardner Minshew put up 34 on Dallas. He should have won that game. Slay played a terrible game. So the Eagles had the best regular season team, but the postseason is a different animal. And we're going to find out if Jalen Hurts, who I have to be a big fan of, is really a Super Bowl quarterback. Now, there's a reason the Eagles went 14-1 and with Jalen Hurts, almost running the gauntlet. Their offense was lethal, number one rushing attack. And Hurts isn't an MVP because he missed the late games, but when you got weapons like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, they can take over a game, right? The Eagles, again, they're rested. They are mostly healthy now. They've been the best team in the NFA, NFC all season, and the road to the Super Bowl, in the NFC at least, is going to go through Philadelphia. But this is the National Football League. Be ready to expect the unexpected. Do I think one of the four favorites is going down? Yeah, I do. I do think one of them is going down Saturday. Coming up, the tale of two quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson. We'll break it down. This is Bernie Fratto, Fox Sports Radio. That's right. You heard the man. The Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. We'll take you up to 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. We're about 13 and a half hours away from the resumption of the NFL playoffs, the divisional round. Tyrock.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrock.com, the way tire buying should be. Muhammad Ali once found out about an old folks' home, a Jewish old folks' home in New York City that was in need of financial assistance. And uh, they may not uh, be able to make it without some. So. One of Ali's managers approached him and said, would you like to perhaps help this group out? And Ali says, yes. But could I go pay a visit to those folks? I'd like to see where they're at. So his manager took him in, and uh, the second Ali walks in the front door, some very elderly man, probably in his mid-80s, saw Ali and lost his mind and says, oh, my God, look who's here. I'm the biggest boxing fan ever. I'm looking at the greatest. He's the greatest. Look at everybody. Look at who's here. The greatest. It's Joe Lewis. And right at that moment, Ali's manager started to correct him, and Ali put his hand on his shoulder and said, Nope, nope, let him go. I don't want to ruin his fun. And Ali donated, and the group stayed in business. And interestingly enough, we, we all know now that this gentleman may have had the wrong name, but he had the right guy. Muhammad Ali was the greatest, not the least of which what he did in the ring, but the fact that throughout his life, this is one of many selfless, magnanimous acts that Ali performed. It was not just about him. 
You can't say that about Tom Brady, and you can't say that about Lamar Jackson. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Tom Brady is about to hold the NFL world hostage, and you're all going along for the ride. People talk about this every damn day. They're all convinced they know what they think he's going to do or what he should do. Let's take a look at some facts here. Okay, first of all, the question. Will Tom Brady go back to Tampa Bay? In a recent poll online, they only gave it a 3% chance. Everybody was convinced that his final farewell press conference was a farewell. He was thanking everybody. You don't know that. It's a $64 question. See, because it comes down to this. Does Tom go to a new city and start over? Or maybe did he just try to fix it in Tampa? You know, they've been to the playoffs all three years. You know, he's 5-2 and two in the playoffs, and he's won a Super Bowl. Here's what we also know. The Glazer family, who owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, well, they have a very close relationship with Tom Brady. There's a lot of mutual respect. They want Tom to stay. As a matter of fact, if Tom were to leave, the Bucks will take a $35 million cap hit unless he retires. Now, they know they're not that far away. They're really not that far away. They weren't great this year. No one, I'm not going to make that claim. They weren't even 500. And they tried to get Rob Gronkowski at Thanksgiving, and they were fairly desperate to get Gronkowski. And I guess they reached out to him and said, Rob, just come back. We'll put you on the practice squad for a week or two, get you in shape. Well, Gronkowski said, practice squad? talk about practice okay we'll put you right on the roster they're going to put him right on the roster at thanksgiving and gronk says no nah, i'm just i'm not into it right now and but he was heard later to say and this is not a prediction for the people who listen selectively this is not a prediction but it's a possibility that gronk could give it one more one more go around it's a possibility he was heard to say after the season well maybe i'll just do this one more time but the right way from the beginning you add Gronkowski, and it's a big if, your red zone problems are solved. Now, we all know that Tom Brady wanted Byron Leftwich gone. I don't know why. I don't have moles there. I'm told that there was a disconnect. Well, Byron Leftwich is gone. That, to me, is a gesture from the Glazers. Now, what's the other name that keeps coming up? The Raiders. Come on, man. Really? I'm sure I might live to eat my words someday, but there's does Brady really want to come to a dumpster fire defense, a below-average offensive line? He'll have to be in the same division, play Mahomes twice. Eh, I don't really see that because Brady wants to win. I don't think he wants to just keep playing just to play. And he went through his divorce, and that's all behind him. So if he's not going to keep playing football, why did he bother with all that? Now, 
There's one other. There, there, there's one other thing. You know, the Glazers already pulled a blockbuster coach deal 20 years ago. Could lightning strike twice? Now this is a stretch, but let's have a little fun. This is sports talk radio. We're not solving the world's problems here. Remember, the Bucks are again. I'm repeating myself. They're owned by the Glazer family. They have very deep ties to the Palm Beach community. And the reason you don't hear a lot about the Glazers, they prefer to stay out of the spotlight. But when it comes to running the Bucks, they're not afraid to make blockbuster deals, including a famous one for a coach. Now, it's been 20 years, but I know you all remember this. Back in 2002, Brian and Joel Glazer, they worked out a deal with Al Davis, the Raiders owner. Al was alive at the time for Coach John Gruden. In exchange, the Bucks gave two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and $8 million to the Raiders. It was worthwhile because Gruden won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay in his first year with the Bucks. Now, this is a stretch, but if the matter of compensation for Sean Payton is resolved, everything else could happen fairly quickly. Now, I realize the Bucks currently have Todd Bowles in place, but when Brady entered his 40-day retirement last year, part of the deal was to push Bruce Arians into a front office role that uh, you know ended up looking like the witness protection program. Now, Arians carried a lot more weight, literally and, and figuratively, of course, than Todd Bowles does. Bowles easily could be the fall guy if they decide to do that. Again, I'm not predicting it. Brady can continue to be the GOAT with an offensive mastermind like a Sean Payton. Now, remember, Sean Payton got to New Orleans and inherited Drew Brees. They did pretty fantastic things together in New Orleans. And a lot of people forget that despite Brees having some limitations, which he did, Brees injured his shoulder while I was playing for San Diego and the Chargers early in his career when he tried to score on that touchdown run from inside the five, never really fully regained his arm strength. So when Brees left the Chargers as a free agent, the Dolphins and the Saints were the only teams interested. You recall Nick Saban thought he had Drew Brees coming to the Dolphins. He said, I'm not going to coach Alabama. Well, Brees didn't pass the physical, and the rest is history. The Saints got him. But both teams brought Drew Brees in to look at, to take a look, you know, by their medical staffs. Miami and their team doctors said it was better to stay clear of Brees. But Sean Payton, he was rebuilding a team. This was a city that had just been devastated by Hurricane Katrina. He took a faith leap on Brees, and it worked. The coach worked around Breeze's limitations, and the Saints actually had a spectacular offense. And even though Brady's older, he has a much stronger arm than Breeze ever did. And he, and he still does, okay? You can bag on him all you want. He was third in passing yards this year. His mechanics are still pristine. He gets a damn ball out of his hand. That ball off of Mike Evans' fingertips Monday night was had traveled about 65 yards in the air. So for the people that just bash on this guy and hit on the guy, say they're just waiting for him to fall off a cliff. They've been saying it since 2014. And one of these days, maybe he will. And you'll be you'll sound just like the person who sits in the desert and says, they predict it's going to rain every day. It's going to rain today. It's going to rain today. Then finally, after 700 days, it rains. And you say, see, I told you it was going to rain. That's what you're going to sound like if Brady really does go off a cliff. He was on a bad team this year. What other quarterback would have got that team into the playoffs? I don't, I don't know, but let's not dwell on that. Here's the thing. Brady's other NFL options, I think, are somewhat dwindling. When you contrast Tom Brady's potential options with a pairing in Tampa, there really is no comparison, okay? Doors may be shutting in Miami. I'm not so sure. The, the Dolphins are saying they're going to stick with Tua as their starter. San Francisco, you got Brock Purdy. He's doing everything they're asking him to do. 
I don't know why you wouldn't stick with him. That basically leaves Tennessee and Las Vegas. Now, the Titans clearly know that their former quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, probably isn't the answer to get them to the Super Bowl. And the problem with Tennessee is they're headed for rebuilding mode. So why would Tom Brady want to go to a team that's rebuilding like Tennessee? Okay, here we go again back to Vegas. I get it. He's got deep ties to Josh McDaniels from their time together in New England. Raiders were only 6-11 and this last season. If you think they're one player away and it's a 46-year-old quarterback from being a Super Bowl contender, not true. Dumpster fire defense, overrated offensive line, and something about this culture. I, I'm not, I just can't put my finger on it. Look, the Raiders played hard. They did. I saw every one of their games. But they had some unthinkable situations, and Brady doesn't fix that. He doesn't fix the defense or the offensive line. So this begs the other $64 question. Are the Bucks currently, the way they're structured, a Super Bowl contender? No, this isn't the same Bucks of two years ago when they were just a quarterback away. Remember, that team was 7-9 three years ago. They had Jameis, who not only threw 30 picks, six of them were the first drive of the game, six of them were pick sixes, six of them were in the fourth quarter when they were leaving, leading, turned the ball over 37 times, but that team was much better in all three phases. And you take away those picks, and instead of being a 7-10 and 10 team, they're all of a sudden a 10-7 and 7 team, which is what Brady turned them around to be. I think they were 11-60 and 60 when the Super Bowl handily. And you give, you know, I, I, get, I get that the Bucks are flawed in several areas, most notably their offensive line. But if you give, you know, Jason Light an offseason to patch some holes, and maybe you think about a Sean Payton, Brady and Payton have big egos. That's not a bad thing. But Brady, believe it or not, really wants that eighth Super Bowl title. And Payton wants his second. Could you see them joining forces in Tampa Bay as to pat each other on the back and reach those goals? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and how are the Saints are going to want compensation, going to feel about, you know, helping someone else in their own division remains to be seen. But the point of the matter is, is clearly if you juxtapose Brady's other options and his desire to win an eighth Super Bowl sooner rather than later, they're much closer in Tampa Bay, and they can patch those holes and fix their flaws probably quicker and simpler than the Raiders can or the Tennessee Titans can. You know, he's not going to go to the Jets. The Niners, forget it. I just don't think any of those are in play. I think every time I size this up, it leads me back to Tampa Bay. And remember, I believe Giselle and the kids live down there, and he has access, quicker access there. And I do think family does matter to him, even though he's, you know, he basically chose football over his marriage. But be that as it may, right, I heard someone on the radio today say, well, maybe Brady wants to come to Las Vegas and, and establish his new business where you don't have to pay state tax. Uh, you don't have to pay state tax in Florida either. So just my opinion. Uh, I believe this will probably sort itself out in the next 30 to 45 days. Again, these guys are all about themselves. They're not Muhammad Ali who's going to make a decision on the spot to help an old a Jewish old folks home, even though he has nothing to gain by it. But that was a man who, who, who wasn't all just about himself. We're talking about a couple of quarterbacks here, a saga and tale of two quarterbacks that are very much about themselves. The first is Tom Brady. The next is Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about the three options Baltimore has. And God forbid, 
Could they trade him? And what might that look like? I'm Bernie Friday. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios, Tyrock.com Studios. Stick and stay. You're listening to the Bernie Friday Show on Fox Sports Radio. Back on the Bernie Friday Show. Coming to you live from the Tyrock.com Studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll take you up to 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern, as we are just about 13 hours away from kickoff between the Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jags. Baltimore season is done. So the question now is, what happens with Lamar Jackson? Baltimore has three options. Remember, before the season, they offered him $250 million, but only $133 million was guaranteed. Only $133 million, right? Look, if, if he stays healthy and performs, you'd end up getting the whole two fifty. But look, he saw what he saw what Deshaun Watson got. And says, I want one of those, man. You know, I haven't gotten any trouble with any uh, massage therapists, and I've I've won an MVP. He hasn't. The problem is, uh, you know, Forrest Gump once said, "Stupid is as stupid does," and I don't think Baltimore is as stupid as Cleveland. That's just a, that's just not a good deal. But there's a lingering sense in the locker room in Baltimore. That if Lamar Jackson would have been healthy, this team could have won the Super Bowl this year. That defense was balling. Instead, they have their final team meeting Monday. The players go their separate ways. And we don't have a whole hell of a lot of clarity on Jackson's status. But here's the bottom line. There are basically three options. One, they can give Jackson his mega deal. This is what he wants. And if the reports are to be believed, the Ravens want, okay, it's the nitty-gritty, Baltimore's reportedly offered the 250, but only guaranteed 133. And that's largely the norm across the league, but Jackson wants fully guaranteed deal like Deshaun Watson got. Would you? He's missed five games each of the last two seasons. It's not a slight on Lamar Jackson. It's just how the hell do you do that? The second option is you franchise tag him. The Ravens have until March 7th to franchise tag Lamar Jackson. And that would ensure him a very nice salary for this season, probably about $45 million. But that might piss him off. They could also use what's called a non-exclusive tag. That's about $32 million, which would allow Lamar Jackson to negotiate with other teams and sign an offer sheet. Then the Ravens could either match that offer sheet or let Mar uh, Lamar Jackson walk and get draft picks in return. See, the plot thickens a little bit, but you didn't know that. Or you can trade Lamar Jackson. But, man, can you really trade a 26-year-old franchise icon, let him go, get virtually nothing back? Is the closer you – here's the thing. The closer you get to March 7th, the more likely it seems to me that they're headed down the trade – you know, the, the, the trade option. And I realize if you're – I'm a fan of Lamar Jackson. I defended him coming out of Louisville. I think he's a much better pocket passer than people give him credit for. He's maybe the best runner in the history of the game, maybe, well, between him and Michael Vick. And that offense is designed around him, and you see what the, what the future looks like without him. Come on, man. Baltimore's defense was awesome the other night. And, and I think Tyler Huntley played pretty well. But that offense is not dynamic. Seriously, man. They're, they couldn't score in a house of ill repute with a fistful of 50s. They just they willed themselves to almost winning that game. So the mere suggestion of trading Jackson is really going to raise some eyebrows. He certainly would have before the season, but as the closer you get to March, now the Ravens have a general manager named Eric DaCosta. He said, quote, Jackson is a player who can help Baltimore win multiple Super Bowls. This is back in September. Multiple. Got to win one first. He said, 
And John Harbaugh said, this is a quote, he's going to be playing quarterback here for a long time. These are platitudes. You don't know that. I think I think they're far apart. Jackson wouldn't even finish the season for a second, a second straight year because of injuries. And as a matter of fact, of Baltimore's past 22 games, including this playoff game this past week, he's missed 10. How do you make a case to get paid that much money when you miss 10 in the last 22 games? This is tough sledding here for both sides. And if the Ravens are convinced that they cannot reach a deal with Jackson, they're going to have to consider trading him either this offseason or next. Now, it's difficult to believe Baltimore would let Jackson play the next two seasons under the tag, then hit free agency in 2025 and be content. What would they get? A third-round compensatory pick. That's it. For a guy who'd be 28 heading into the prime of his career, if he's not now. Now, one of the things you don't know is how much draft capital could Baltimore get? How could they get back if they dealt Jackson? Last year, the Seahawks got two first-round picks and two second-rounders from the Broncos for Russell Wilson, who's seven years older than Lamar Jackson. You would think that the market value would be much higher for Jackson, who's only 26. Now, Houston, they traded Deshaun Watson and a 2024 sixth-round pick to the Browns, they got, uh, what, how many how many first-round picks did they get? I think they got three first-round picks, but in consecutive seasons, uh, 22, 23, and 24, and a third-round pick this last year, and a fourth-round pick at 24. So a total of five picks that uh, Houston, the Texans, got for Deshaun Watson, and three of them were first-rounders. Now, for what it's worth, frankly, neither the Broncos nor the Browns got very much of a positive return on their investment. Okay, you saw what happened in Denver with Russell Wilson, and they gave him a huge deal, huge deal, and you saw what happened in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson struggled the entire season. He ranked 27th in QBR. The Broncos won only five games, and by the way, their defense was pretty good. Through Week 10, had the Broncos merely averaged 19 points per game in regulation, they would have been 9-1. So the Broncos get Russell Wilson, give up those draft picks. His QBR ranks 27th. They win just five games, and they fire their first-year coach, Nathaniel Hackett, which that was that was not only expected, that was frankly well-deserved. Poor guy was in over his head. Sorry. He'll get another job in the National Football League, just like Brian Leffert. This is how this league works. We we're all chess pieces moving around, but I digress. Watson only played six games. He served that suspension, obviously for violating the personal conduct policy. Uh, you all know about the sexual assault. It's defined by the NFL, a massage therapist. By the way, I hope you, well, maybe some of you fantasy owners thought you could outsmart the world, and why not? Because when you saw Deshaun Watson in Houston, he was balling. But through a whopping seven touchdowns, five interceptions, finished with a 38 QBR. By the way, Russell Wilson's QBR was 37. Combined, those guys are making half a billion dollars. And both their franchise, both of both of the franchises that acquired them, Cleveland and Denver, respectively. So you can't say they got much return on their investment. So frankly, trading Lamar Jackson would not only represent what I would consider to be an unprecedented move in the NFL because of his age and his talent and it, how much he means to that organization. But he's a former MVP. Remember that. There have been nine situations in the history of the National Football League's in the National Football League 
where an MVP, an NFL MVP quarterback, was traded. And, it, you know, this is nothing new. The Rams traded Roman Gabriel back in 1969. He was an MVP quarterback for the Rams. Matt Ryan was traded last season. And, you know, he's a former MVP. But here's the kicker. None of those nine trades involved a quarterback under the age of 30. That is key to note here. So, Lamar Jackson's future is increasingly a mystery. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that subject matter. But first, let's go back to our guy, Kevin Figures, with the latest. All right, Bernie, in the NBA Friday night, you had the Lakers getting 29 points off of the bench from Russell Westbrook, 23 points from LeBron James, and a 122-121 to victory over Memphis, snapping the Grizzlies' 11-game win streak. Kyrie Irving scored 48 for the Nets. They snapped a four-game skid with a victory in Utah. Denver was without Nikola Jokic. He was out with a hamstring injury. Still won their ninth in a row, though. They beat Indiana 134-111, to a triple-double there for Jamal Murray. Atlanta Atlanta outlasted the Knicks 139 to 124 for their fifth straight win. Kawhi Leonard scored 36 points on 13 of 18 shooting, leading the Clippers over San Antonio. 34 points for Luka Doncic as Dallas defeated Miami. An extremely shorthanded Warriors team defeated the Cavaliers in Cleveland 120 to 114. In tennis, third round of the Australian Open, fourth seeded Novak Djokovic up two games to none in the first set against Grigor Dimitrov. Meanwhile, Andy Murray down three nothing in the first set against Roberto Bautista Agut. All right, back to Bernie Fratto. All right, thanks, Kevin. Uh, one of the things about the wild card round and one of the things about the National Football League in general is we all get to play we all get to play armchair quarterback. And, uh, he, and if you look at – I'm going to get back to Lamar Jackson in Baltimore in a second, but it's not always about the quarterback. It, sometimes it's about the coach. And a couple of quick thoughts from last weekend. You know, the Dolphins really blew it, man. Uh, they were down three with a little over two minutes left. They had a fourth and one at their own 48. And uh, let me tell you, Skyler Thompson, tough kid out of Kansas State, I thought he played really well. Uh, if they'd have done a quarterback sneak, he probably picks up the yard, gives him a chance to get into field goal range. Uh, remember, they were trailing 34-31 at the time. But, no, Mike McDaniel, his coaching staff, they couldn't even get the damn call in, even with some additional time because there had been an injury on the field, you take a delay a game and the opportunity goes down the drain. You blew it, Dolphins. Uh, it's like Adam Sandler and Billy Madison. You blew it! So did the Vikings. Minnesota had some juju, right, heading into that game. They wanted to prove the world wrong. All the angry Viking fans had had about enough of people questioning the legitimacy of their record. Well, Minnesota carried that 11-0 record one-score games, and in hindsight... You knew the clock was – you knew that wasn't sustainable, and woof, the Vikings actually lose a one-score game. But the play that people are going to remember, and I know this isn't the play that cost them the game. The Vikings' defense was non-existent that day. They couldn't have stopped a nosebleed. But on fourth and eight, on your own 48, your franchise quarterback, who's slated to make about $48 million next year, inexplicably throws a three-yard out route to TJ Hawkinson when you need eight yards. Again, we get to play armchair quarterback. What are you thinking? What, what, what is that? How do you throw that with the freaking season on the line? Which leads us to Baltimore. Because John Harbaugh's shorts aren't clean either. He had a timeout left. The Ravens were moving the ball. They really had the Bengals on their heels, man. And again, another one of those divisional games. We talked about this at the top of the show. 
Divisional teams playing for the third time in the same season, 64% against the spread. Hey, Miami covered the 13 against Buffalo, and Baltimore covered the 9 against Cincinnati. They drive all the way down. The Ravens drive all the way down to the 17-yard line with a minute 17 left. But by not using one of their two remaining timeouts, John Harbaugh lets 30 seconds run off the clock before snapping the ball. Why? What a mess. And, 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 and you know, an unknown wide receiver, James Proach, he comes so close to catching what could have been the game-tying score. Unreal. So now back to Lamar. This is going to be the summer of Lamar. They're going to track him. They're going to tag him. They're going to trade him. They're going to give him the money he wants. And I, I, I understand he was sick, you know, had a cold or something. Lamar Jackson didn't even travel with the team to Cincinnati Sunday. So how in the hell is that a good look? How is that something that you can really even mildly start to feel good about? Because there seems to be an attachment there. And if you if you watch how admirably Tyler Huntley played, it's funny because let's say you were on Mars and you were in a coma and all of a sudden you woke up and you watched the Baltimore Ravens podium press conference Sunday night after the game, which I think in, in – in, in a future world, we just can we just never have press conferences and reporters asking dumb questions or, uh, you know, someone who just hit four grand slams in the World Series and say, well, what does this game mean to you? Oh, not that much. I just hit four. Same damn questions over and over. And same same damn coach speak over and over. So Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, a guy, very measured, a dignified guy, steps to the podium Sunday night. And let's, again, you've just come down from Mars. You didn't see the game. You've been in a coma. And the first thing... John Harbaugh does. He salutes his quarterback for fighting through a bunch of injuries and what he called was a very spirited effort, even though they got beat against the Bengals, the AFC defending champions. So he's talking about his quarterback's toughness, but he's not talking about Lamar Jackson. Spoiler alert, he was talking about Tyler Huntley. And oh, by the way, Lamar Jackson has not been available since December 4th after suffering the sprained knee that fueled a bunch of speculation about his motives because he wants that contract extension. And I've said on many shows, I don't question somebody if they say they're injured. I don't question someone else's pain threshold. And I'm a huge fan of Michael Vick. Once was on an elevator with Michael Vick for a few minutes, Thanksgiving Day 2004, I think. He came through town. He was friends with Joey Harrington, flew up to watch the, the, you know, the Lions uh, Thanksgiving Day game. I had the great privilege of covering 10 of those. I loved it. And Vic spoke from the heart, and I like Michael Vick. And, uh, you know, it's but it's such a double-edged sword. How do you really ask a guy to strap on a brace and go play when he's trying to get himself a $250 million contract, yet they want to win? And then, you know, J.K. Dobbins, who I respect a lot, says, hey, if we'd, he'd have played in the game, meaning Lamar Jackson, I don't mean to be master of the pronoun. If Lamar Jackson would have played in the game, well, hell, you know, we'd have won. Man, this is tough sledding. So Baltimore loses 24-17. to and the Ravens are going to have. This has been a very stable organization. They're going to have an. In, they're going to have an off season of people just questioning one minute after another how how prominently does Lamar Jackson figure into your future plans, right? So it begs the question: you you cannot have this narrative without without asking this one question: is is it possible that Lamar Jackson is finished in Baltimore? I think this is a really fragile situation because it's been a strange season for quarterbacks anyway 
Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, they both left their teams after getting benched. And what a lot of what surrounds Lamar Jackson is a mystery, okay? The Ravens never once shot down the idea that Lamar Jackson and his unsettled contract and that status was influencing his availability. I get the feeling if, say, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were having the same situation, Reid would have had his back. He wouldn't have questioned his motives. You would think, as a head coach, at the end of the day, since this is all show business anyway, that a coach is going to have his quarterbacks back and protect him regardless. Well, that's not what John Harbaugh did, right? He, he, he did not shoot that down. And, you know, it was almost like a Bill Belichickian type thing where you read between the lines. And by the way, this is not the first time that John Harbaugh has clashed with a, le- a Baltimore Ravens legend. You may remember a guy by the name of Ed Reed, the Hall of Fame safety, who was a whole other level of athlete in the National Football League. He clashed with Ed Reed over practices that Reed believed were too intense for the team, especially late in the season. That caused a gap in their relationship. And, you know, people have told, have said, John Harbaugh is like the last of a Mohican in one of these power coaches, but this isn't 1982. And you're not going to get a kid in this day and age to come back and play with a possible injury by getting on a podium and say he's an important part of the team, it's not that serious of an injury, doesn't really work in today's NFL, you can make it look coy, you can make it look tricky, but if you want to play power you know, power uh, over players, you'd you best be coaching in college, not in the National Football League. By the way, 10 years ago, the Ravens moved on from Ed Reed after that season. Pass could be prologue. Now, I get it. Lamar Jackson is far more important to the Ravens now than Reed was then, not that Reed wasn't, but injuries, again, He's missed, Lamar Jackson has missed 10 games in the last 22 games. And so this is a guy, you know, there have been great running quarterbacks. Russell Wilson was at one time. Certainly Cam Newton was. Lamar Jackson's better than any of them. And and has Lamar Jackson improved as a passer? I say yes, he has. He's still considered a running quarterback. But I think he's better in the pocket than people realize. Here's the issue. I really think Lamar... Jackson is going to hold out come hell or high water for that fully guaranteed deal like Deshaun Watson got. And I also think Steve Bishotti, the owner, is not going to back down. Stay tuned because between we'll cover this. And between now and March 7th, we're going to find out one thing. Will he be franchised? Will Lamar Jackson be franchised? And will he accept that? So there's a lot of moving parts here. Coming up, no more moving parts than the other Harbaugh. I'll tell you what's happening in the latest as we bring closure to the story as to Jim Harbaugh, the older brother of the aforementioned John Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh lost to John Harbaugh in Super Bowl, what was it, 46? Something along those lines. Hell of a Super Bowl. So Harbaugh realizes he can't win a Super Bowl in Ann Arbor, but those plans look like they're on hold for at least a year. I'm Bernie Frater. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Tyrac.com studios. So keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Frado Show on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. 
Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, back on the Bernie Frater Show. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. We'll take you up to 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. We are just a little, uh, a little over 12 hours away from the resumption of NFL uh, Divisional Weekend, uh, and uh, there's only seven games remaining in the entire National Football League season. What a whirlwind season it's been, and these seasons are longer than ever. I mean, we are now into January 21st, and hell, I mean, I mean there were there were times when, I mean, the Raiders, when they played the, the, the Super Bowl against, uh, uh, in, in the Rose Bowl, and they and they beat the Vikings in Super Bowl eleven. That game was played on January 9th. When the Rams played the Super Bowl, lost to Pittsburgh in nineteen eighty. Super Bowl fourteen, the game was played on January fourteenth. Here's January twenty first. We're not even into the conference finals yet. Super Bowl will be played February twelfth, but boy, did it go fast. And uh, of course, uh it resumes here. The playoffs resume here in what, a uh, little over twelve hours. All right, so one of the stories that I've uh, been hounding since November uh, is whether or not Jim Harbaugh would return to Michigan. I believed it was 60-40 he would, but you couldn't rule out that he would go to the NFL because Jim Harbaugh wants to win a Super Bowl. This year's a little different, though, in terms of even though his stock was higher, and I firmly believe Jim Irsay would have loved Jim Harbaugh to coach the Colts. They go back 30 years. Harbaugh was a quarterback for the Colts. He called him Captain Comeback. He's in the Ring of Honor. All those things. Uh, this, this the, the, the you know city of Indianapolis when Chuck Pagano was fired as their coach back in 2017 had uh, a straw poll and 81 percent of the people wanted Harbaugh. Even when Harbaugh talked to Denver on the Zoom call, we could go Monday for a couple of hours. Uh, fans right and left wanted Jim Harbaugh. Uh, he did get the Niners to a Super Bowl. But he, I knew he was torn this year because Harbaugh, A, A, believes he's got his best team ever. And we'll get to that in just a second. But one of the other things that happened was Michigan's got a new president, and his name is, is Santa Ono. He was very instrumental in influencing Jim Harbaugh to return to Michigan for the ninth season. And I know, uh, you know, Harbaugh's future was a bit in question after he interviewed with Denver. We know that he interviewed with the Minnesota Vikings last year, but that was a token interview. He had zero chance of getting that job. Harbaugh did return to Michigan last year, signed a new contract extension March 9th of last year, 2022, paying him an average of about $7.5 million annually. However, I'm told that they tore that up and gave him a new five-year extension, which brings him about $9.5 million a year with incentives can get him to 12, to 12 or $13 million a year. And look, the Wolverines are riding high. I, I've been critical of Harbaugh. He was hired to do three things when he came to Michigan. 
on December 28th, 2014. Beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten, and get to the playoff. Well, he didn't do that for the first six years, but he did it in year seven and eight. And now Michigan, look, don't look now, but they're, they're 25 and three the past two years with back-to-back Big Ten championships, two appearances in the college football playoff. And they had a nice 13-1 record this year with, before getting beat, legitimately beat by TCU. Don't hear excuses. I know that there's some people also that thought that Harbaugh's future at Michigan was a little bit clouded by this NCAA investigation that, that, that is, is now they're reporting that Michigan has four level two infractions. And those are not serious in and of themselves, but a level one infraction has been levied against Jim Harbaugh for, quote, allegedly providing false or misleading information, meaning they didn't, he didn't, they don't believe he answered questions truthfully. I don't know. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. I will say this that what I am told is that aspect of this whole Harbaugh ordeal is not going to be resolved before next season even starts. So onward and upward, okay? Harbaugh and the president, Santa Ono, had a nice phone call the other day, and they believe it's great news. It's fantastic news. There had been a bit of a rift between Harbaugh and his boss. The, uh, the, he's the, uh, uh, the, the athletic director of Michigan. He got by the name of Ward Manuel. Harbaugh and him have quite a history. They go back a long way. They actually were teammates, played together, Bo Schembechler, and, uh, you know, their relationship's been contentious because Harbaugh had his salary cut in half basically after the COVID year, and things weren't looking good, okay? But Harbaugh, they, no, they were never ever going to hire fire Harbaugh, no, nor would I abdicate they should. But I, I don't think he'll ever win a national championship. But he was torn, and I think this is the year he believes he's got his best shot. I think after next year is when Michigan has to watch. If they want Jim Harbaugh there for life, I think next year he turns 60, and this is his best team I think he's ever had. Uh, they got Blake Corm returning. They got J.J. McCarthy returning. Donovan Edwards, Will Johnson, a bunch of other key players who said, let's, ba- let's bypass the NFL draft. They get to play Ohio State in Ann Arbor this year. Uh, so, again, the contract extension's not gonna, extension is not going to completely stop the speculation about Harbaugh in the NFL. But at least he's staying this year. And it's, just, it's a sign that he may stay there for good. He lives next door to his dad in Ann Arbor, and we've heard all those stories. But if you know Jim Harbaugh and the stories I was told when he was in San Francisco, he wants to win a Super Bowl more than anything. But I think it's going to be delayed one more year. So kind of a happy ending for Michigan uh, this year. And Harbaugh even said his heart was at the University of Michigan. He said, don't try to out happy, happy. None of that means anything. None of that means anything. So... You'll just have to wait and see, but at least Harbaugh's back for one more year. Coming up, what do we learn in the wild card? I'll share. This is Bernie Fratto on Fox Sports Radio. In tennis at the third round of the Australian Open, fourth seeded Novak Djokovic is up four games to three in the first set against Grigor Dimitrov. Meanwhile, Andy Murray lost the first set to 24th-ranked Roberto Bautista Agut. On the women's side, Coco Golf and top-seeded Iwa Swiatek will be in action later tonight. Friday in the NBA, Dennis Schroeder got a steal, a layup, and one in the final seconds to lead the Lakers to a 122-121 to upset victory over Memphis, who had won 11 games in a row. 
row. Sacramento won their sixth straight after a 118-113 victory over Oklahoma City. Brooklyn snapped a four-game losing streak in a victory over Utah. Kyrie Irving with a season-high 48 points in that one. Denver won its ninth in a row and handed Indiana their sixth straight loss. 134-111 was the final as Aaron Gordon scored 28 points. The Clippers got 36 points from Kawhi Leonard and a victory in San Antonio. I'm Kevin Figger. That's right. You heard the man. The Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios here in Las Vegas. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Ah, boy. It was a raucous wild card weekend, and I've always believed that what happened the week before you can learn heading into next week. But because the NFL is a week-to-week league, uh, you know, what's the old disclaimer? Uh, past performance does not guarantee future results. But I will tell you, there were three performances last week that I will tip my cap to. I don't know why sports talk shows have to say, well, just because he had one good game, does that mean he's elite? And they find ways to tear them down. That's what we do in this country. We elevate people to their highest level only to tear them back down again. We do it with everybody. Politicians, presidents, actors, you know, you name it. Certainly athletes. But come on, man. At least give it up to Daniel Jones for what he did last Saturday. Clutch. Tough. Brilliant. Gets the Giants a road playoff win in his first ever postseason start. Think about that. It was already assumed that the Giants had overachieved and they were 9-7-1, but they weren't done. They went in and slapped Minnesota, knocked them on their butt. They just did. He, he brought Look, and they didn't just beat Minnesota. Daniel Jones, the NFL research keeps tabs on these types of things, so let's give him a little credit. Daniel Jones became the first player in the league history to have three hundred more than 300 passing yards more than two touchdown passes, more than 75 yards rushing in the same playoff game. Now, before Brian Dable got there, Daniel Jones was an absolute turnover machine. He coughed up the ball a lot. Didn't cough up the ball once against the Vikings. And believe it or not, and actually the Vikings didn't either. It was a clean game. But we know that the Vikings' defense was porous, but Daniel Jones gashed him any which way but loose, right? Even ran the ball 17 times. And these were not all designed runs, but he gained 17 yards. And here's what was key about those. And this is why Daniel Jones' performance needs to be congratulated, because seven of those carries were for first downs. So you keep moving the chains. This was a legitimately dynamic performance. And these are, you know, I talked at the beginning of the year, I thought the Giants could turn things around because of their schedule, because of Brian Dable also. But I didn't have him going on the road winning a playoff game. I didn't. And I think, look, everybody's already, you know, basically crowned Philadelphia, and they may very well win. They may very well win handily. But I will tell you this. I, I remember last week I, I said that when two divisional teams play for the third time in the same season, the dog covers 64% of the time. Well, you had Miami covered Buffalo, and you had Baltimore cover against Cincinnati. Same situation Sunday. You've got, you got the Giants. Uh, catching, what, seven and a half against Philadelphia. So if that trend continues and the Giants have covered 
14 out of 18 this year. This is going to be a very interesting, tough game, I believe. So we'll see what happens. But for, for last week alone, at least let's give Daniel Jones his props. How about Sam Hubbard? I believe he went to Moeller High School in Cincinnati. He went to Ohio State, and now he plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. No Lamar Jackson. The Ravens were not supposed to be in this game, although, again, you, you heard my stat. The, you know, the, the Bengals is defending AFC Championship. All of a sudden, they're 17-17, and we're into the fourth quarter. They're on the one-yard line. They're one play away from taking the lead, and the unthinkable happens. Tyler Huntley, who I thought played an admirable game for the Ravens at quarterback, tried to reach the ball over the goal line on a quarterback sneak, but he was hammered. The pigskin pops loose, falls right into the hands of the aforementioned Sam Hubbard, all six foot five. 265-pounder, uh, and what does Chris Berman used to say? Rumbling, bumbling, stumbling, 98 yards, which ultimately becomes the game-winning score. It was an incredible momentum shift. It was an incredible visual, and if the Bengals make it back into the Super Bowl, that will be the play that will be talked about forever, right? Give it up to Baltimore. They were admirable in their effort. Cincinnati's defense was tough. They were clutch. And by the way, now we get the matchup probably most people wanted to see Bengals and the Bills because of what happened to to DeMar Hamlin. We didn't see that three Mondays ago, but we're going to see that. And you can probably thank Sam Hubbard for that. Incredible. The third guy who is having a dream season, living a dream. And I'm going to talk about this again in, in, in future shows. Um, but when, when someone calls you Mr. Irrelevant, I've always believed that's a term of endearment. You're drafted to play in a national football league. There have been many Mr. Irrelevants that found their way into rosters and played. This is a kid who's not only Mr. Irrelevant, he's in, in his rookie season, that you may very well see Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. He's one step closer to cementing himself, I think, as your starter going forward next year. We can bring in Trey Lance. I don't think so. I think that ship is going to sail. And I think they're going to sail from Jimmy Garoppolo, too. Look, the man won 70% of his games, but he's hurt. And, and just, he took it as far as he could. Brock Purdy looks like the goods, at least for now. And be, by the way, back in December, when they still had a couple weeks remaining in the regular season, everybody still considered the Niners to be a, a top NFC title contender. And and obviously the Niners' defense has a lot to do with that, but you know this is a guy Brock Purdy who who looks like he very much belongs, and he's got weapons. Sure he does, but he knows how to take advantage of them. And if you watched that game last week, and I'm sure you did, his most impressive play of the day he scrambled around and he threw a dart that Brandon Ayuk dropped in the end zone. So this is a guy that can really play. This is a guy who, who absolutely uh, does not look overmatched. And this is a guy who might very well be a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. Got to get by Dallas. You got to get by either the Giants or Philadelphia. It won't be easy. But Purdy's now 6-0 and as an NFL starter. He's throwing 14 touchdown passes. He's run for two touchdowns. He's only turned the ball over twice in six games. He's been fabulous. Fair enough. Tell you who else has been fabulous. After taking over for the debacle Urban Meyer left in Jacksonville, Doug Peterson, dude has completely changed the culture in in Jacksonville. 
and I realized they were down 27 to nothing. There were three or four games, by the way, that, <clears throat> I mean, the Jacksonville, I believe, was down 17 to the Raiders earlier in the year. They had another game they were down 17 or 20. The, the culture in Jacksonville now is that of a team that exudes championship poise, I believe. That doesn't mean they're going to win in Kansas City. But again, I'm giving credit for what was done last week. And, you know, there's what have I said a thousand times? In life, it's not what happens, it's how you react. Trevor Lawrence in his first seven drives last week, 5 of 18 for 35 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions, a 0.0 passer rating. Did that phase him? No. Would other quarterbacks have come apart? Most would have. Not Trevor Lawrence. His last five drives, 23 of 29 for 253, four touchdowns, no interceptions, a 142 passer rating, 31 points, game set match, Jaguars win. And here's what was cool. I just mentioned Doug Peterson. He made a decision to go for too late. And it, it was a move that paid off. Lawrence was able to reach the ball across the goal line. And this is the kind of stuff that legends are made of. You get a first-year coach in. He's not a first-year coach. He's been a Super Bowl winning coach, Doug Peterson. He also played quarterback in the National Football League. But, you know, I've always liked Trevor Lawrence. I thought he was the complete package, but he was stuck in a bad situation. All of a sudden, you combine Lawrence and Peterson and the balls to go for two and make it. That's what all of a sudden makes you guys uh, a Super Bowl uh, contender. Maybe not this year. Maybe maybe this year, but certainly in the not-too-distant future, you could see Jacksonville. You have a bold play call like that on fourth and one, right? And then you hand the ball to Travis Etienne on a sweep. Oh, my God. That was marvelous. That was a master class. The Jags take the cues from their coach. They don't quit. Remember, he's the one that drew up the Philly special a few years ago in the Super Bowl. So give it up to that kind of, you know, Super Bowl wild card performance that I would give, you know, top credit. Go to the head of the class. Now, I don't know how people and why people consider uh, still defend Brandon Staley. I think he's a moron. I got a guy, some guy here in town thinks he's the smartest coach. Sure, you think whatever you want. This is America. You, when you go golf, you can putt from the rough. You can do all kinds of things your way because you think you're smarter than everybody. Well, I didn't believe Brandon Staley would be fired uh, because the Spanos family doesn't do that kind of stuff. They're not going to bring in a Sean Payton. They're not going to pay big money for a coach. Now, they end up firing their offensive coordinator, and I think I know why. You know, the Chargers only had one rushing touchdown in the third quarter of the entire year. They couldn't. They had no running game, and when you have no running game, and you, it kind of kills your play action. When it kills your play action, and you know, kind of makes it tougher on Justin Herbert. Now, I, I didn't like the way Staley handled Week 18, right? Last season, calling an odd timeout that probably cost the Chargers a playoff spot, proving he's consistent. How do you like the way Staley handled Week 18 this season, playing his starties, starters, and losing Mike Williams? It was already a roster with a bunch of injuries all season long. Why the hell would you roll the dice in a meaningless game? But Saturday night, a bit of a new low for Staley. And this is a franchise, I think he's presiding over a dysfunctional culture. Chargers up 27-0, the game was over. I'm sorry. You just don't blow leads 27-0 when you've got the beneficiary of five turnovers. Unless you do, right? The Bolts... You can call them chargering. You can call them Sandy. You were the Chargers, whatever. 
They ran, why, why would they just run the ball eight times in the second half? That's coaching malpractice. The one thing that's in your favor is to bleed the clock. Now, I'm not saying you don't keep trying to score. You run your offense. But why would you only run the ball eight times? What a waste of a season. And a waste of Justin Herbert and his rookie contract. This is just hapless. And by the way, I'm not letting John Harbaugh off the hook either. Where the hell was J.K. Robin, uh, uh, Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins? Excuse me. What a, what a Freudian slip that was. Baltimore really had the Bengals on the ropes. They had them in serious trouble. First and goal to two-yard line in the fourth quarter at 17-17. I know if I just talked about Sam Hubbard, and I know that if, you know, Tyler Huntley, who I thought played very admirable, doesn't try to reach over the goal line in the way he did. He was supposed to go low. They said high. I don't know. Who does he think he is, Michelle Obama? Make, make it up as you go along. But if you had given the ball, we know now, if you had given the ball, again, this is the armchair quarterback segment, to J.K. Dobbins, who had been the best player for the Ravens all evening, you give him the damn ball four times in a row. You tell me he can't get two yards? No, I'm saying he did. Instead, Dobbins was on the sideline. That was Baltimore's most important sequence of the season. And, you know, again, you know what happened. Huntley coughed up the football, and J.K. Dobbins was none too happy about it after the game and spoke his mind. And I, you know what? I'm not mad at him. I respect the man for speaking his mind. He did it. He was asked the question. He didn't do it in a disrespectful way. He did it in a matter-of-fact way. I can't really find too much fault. It's not a great look. I get it. But think of the things that led up to that to cause that reaction. Kirk Cousins, eh, it wasn't really your fault you lost the game but because you were 31-39 for 273 and two touchdowns, no picks. You even ran one in. But that last snap is the one that sticks with you. You know, these are the plays you make. The, the, you, the, you define the moment, and the moment defines you, and it just never fails. Right on down the line. And if Dak Prescott had one of those this weekend, Sunday night wouldn't surprise me either. So there you have it, wild card weekend in the books. There are heroes, there are villains, and there are four fabulous games. Well, we're going to bring in the crew. I'm going to talk to the guys. You can only watch one game Saturday or Sunday of the four. Which would it be? And I've already spoken on this. If I can only watch one of the games, it would certainly be Dallas-San Francisco. Not just because of the juxtaposition of these two teams and where they've come to get here, but the history, man. We just had the 30-year anniversary for Dallas winning their last road game in San Francisco, which led them to winning three Super Bowls in five years. Dallas, I mean, we're going, go back to 1981, the Montana years, San Francisco and Dallas, they always locked horns. And then, of course, in the 90s, this is a great rivalry that goes that, that's throughout history. And what's going to happen? What will happen with Dak this week? Can he put together two games in a row? Will Micah Parsons ruin Brock Purdy's day? There's so many storylines. If that's the only game I could watch all weekend, that would be the one. Let's see what the crew thinks, and let's get their thoughts on Lamar Jackson in a really tricky situation. Hey, football fans, be sure to tune into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM every Saturday and Sunday morning, three hours before kickoff. Tune in Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern is we take you live all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app presented by Bet. MGM. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Frado Show on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. 
or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We're back on the Bernie Fratter Show, coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Bottom of the hour after Kevin's update, Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. By the way, quick thought on Bengals, Bill's. Gentleman just tweeted at me asking if I thought Bill uh, or Joe Burrow would, would be able to get some some passes off, and I said yes, but I'm going to make a bold prediction about that game. I think the Bengals are going to be the recipient of at least two turnovers. I like Josh Allen, but he's turning the ball over at a very high rate this year, 19 to lead the season. There's only two quarterbacks that got to the Super Bowl when they led the season in turnovers, Eli Manning back in 07 and Jim Kelly back in 92. You can't you can't commit turnovers and get to the Super Bowl, especially when you got an opportunistic defense like Cincinnati. All right, I mentioned... Uh, if I can only watch one game Sunday, it would be Dallas-San Francisco. Before we get to the Lamar Jackson saga, Kevin Figures, I know you'll be in front of the TV at some point this weekend. If you could only watch one of the four games, which one would it be? Oh, it has to be the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, okay. uh, for sure. Okay. Easily for me. Go ahead, elaborate. Well, I mean, this outside of the fact that it was the game that we uh, unfortunately oh, yeah. weren't able to watch uh, some point. weeks ago uh, between teams. And look, that te- that game had playoff implications, seeding implications, which, of course, is the source of Joe Mixon's uh, disdain over this past week and putting some bulletin board material up there for the Bills in the NFL. But just an intriguing matchup between two of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, how does Joe Burrow navigate around a banged-up offensive line against a Bills pass rush that has been severely limited since losing Von Miller? So you expect a lot of fireworks. You expect a lot of uh, scoring uh, in this matchup. So just based on that, that you have two of the best young players in the NFL, potentially faces of the NFL for the next decade, facing off in the playoff game, you know, what more could you ask for? You know, you make a really good case. Uh, I believe one of the home teams is going down tomorrow. And frankly, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bills were the one. If you recall, Kevin, and we'll never know what would have happened on that Monday night, but the the Bengals were punching their ticket, man. Mm-hmm. They were moving the ball up and down the field. The other thing, too, is they go to all these provisions to set up Atlanta to be the you know the neutral site game, uh, selling tickets, yada, yada, yada. The, the arguments, well, how, do you, how do you resolve this? Do we look at neutral site games in the future? Maybe we do this. And wouldn't it be ironic if it, none of it matters and the <laughs> Bengals beat them? Yeah, it would, it would absolutely be. And it wouldn't surprise you. I mean, this is the Bengals script. Nope. I mean, people forget, by the way. They are the defending AFC champions, <laughs> you know. They didn't just come out of nowhere. Uh, so be, people tend to forget that because the the Bills came in as the favorites and they're the flashy offense. You know, you look across the board and Kansas City's the number one seed, and of course they're not going anywhere. But this Bengal team still very dangerous, very opportunistic, as you saw with the big play against Baltimore at the goal line last week. So uh, I'm excited for this one. Not that I'm not excited about the other matchups, but just from a pure star power on one side of the ball to the other side of the ball when it came to the quarter comes to the quarterback matchups, this is the one I'm looking forward to the most. 
You make a really good case. I, I, I still, for me, only because of the storylines that take us back to the beginning of the year and how San Fran's down to Brock Purdy and can Dak Prescott and 80-year-old Jerry Jones get this monkey off their back. I tell you, I, I, yeah, you make a good case. So, uh, Ethan, if you could only watch one game this weekend, which one would it be? Yeah, for me, um, you know, growing up in Philadelphia, being an Eagles fan, uh, watching the Giants and Eagles play growing up, for me, it's going to be the Eagles-Giants game tomorrow. Uh, It's a biased pick for me, but, you know, just so much history between the two teams for me growing up, you know, the Deshaun Jackson miracle at the Meadowlands in 2010, and um, just so much history. I think it's just going to be a great matchup, and... It kind of reminds me of the Eli McNabb days from uh, 15, 20 years ago. So I'm, I'm excited. It's a, a new era of uh, Giants-Eagles rivalry. Oh, and again, too, uh, listen, I, I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. Uh, I hope he's healthy because what a great story would it be. To It would be poetic justice for him to win a Super Bowl. The way he has developed, uh, took it upon himself to become an elite. I think he's an elite major league quarterback, and the way he's improved – uh, and how important he is to this team. I think he's the heart and soul of the team as well. Uh, you know, after what he did at Alabama, then Oklahoma, and then, look, this, there's a great story. And then the other side, Daniel Jones, before the year, he was going to be in a trash heap. Now it's, all right, what do we got to do to keep the guy? And they, it's, it's a tale of two quarterbacks, right? So, again, uh, I think an interesting matchup, and I understand being the hometown team, you know, you know what you want to see how they do. All right, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Kevin, what happens with Lamar Jackson? This is really tricky. If you heard my segment, there are so many moving parts here. I don't even think even God knows what's going to happen, but yeah. what are your thoughts? Can, can take a stab at it. Yeah, well, based on what the Baltimore Ravens said and you know what they do and what they say are completely different, it sounds like they have every intention of bringing him back. And this is something we pointed out in your show last week when they decided to sign Roquan Smith to that extension you know, that kind of opened the floodgates for them to be able to sign him to that franchise tag. Now, I'm sure Lamar probably doesn't want that, but that seems to be the best measure moving forward for for, uh, both parties, unless they want to have uh, a, uh, they want to separate. And I really don't think that's the case at this point in time. So especially with the firing or resignation, whatever they're calling it, of Greg Roman, he's no longer going to be the offensive coordinator. And he's the only OC that Lamar Jackson has had at the pro level. So they're looking to make changes there. Whether or not that's to appease Lamar, I'm not sure. I know John Harbaugh said they want Lamar to be active in deciding who the OC is going to be. So all designs coming from at least publicly what the Ravens are saying are that they want Lamar Jackson back. So if you're asking me if I'm handicapping it, Lamar Jackson's probably back on that one-year franchise tag. Who, okay, on the franchise tag. So you think it'll accept that, $45 million a year? And Correct. Heads prevail. Okay. Yes. All right, fair enough. Ethan, your thoughts on Lamar Jackson? Uh, I'm with uh, Kev here. I think it's gonna, they're going to do the one-year uh, franchise tag. I think Lamar's too young in his career. You yes. Know, just, just ending his uh, his rookie deal, you know, just – I just feel like it's too soon for them to part ways. Um, I feel like there's unfinished business there in Baltimore, and they're going to try and give it another shot. Okay, well said. All right, good stuff, guys. Coming up, Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. The World Cup may be over, but the World of Soccer absolutely continues. Coming up right after Kevin Figures' update. Let's go back to our guy, Kevin Figures, with the latest. 
All right, well, the Lakers did upset the Grizzlies on Friday night. Final score was 122-121. to Russell Westbrook leading all scorers with 29 points off the Laker bench. John Morant did score 22 to lead Memphis, but was just 9 of 29 from the field. The loss snapped an 11-game win streak by Memphis. Keegan Murray, 29 points for Sacramento. They beat Oklahoma City 118-113 to to pick up their sixth consecutive victory. Kyrie Irving scored 48 points, 21 in the fourth quarter to lead the Nets over Utah. Nine straight wins for Denver. 16 in a row at home after a 134 to 111 drubbing of Indiana, who has lost six in a row. It was Dallas 115 to Miami 90. Luka Doncic 34 points. The shorthanded Warriors beating Cleveland 120 to 114. Atlanta won a shootout over the Knicks 139 to 124. Dejounte Murray with 29 points. News out of the NFL: The Bengals will be without starting guard Alex Kappa and starting offensive tackle Jonah Williams on Sunday against Buffalo in their divisional playoff matchup. Back to Bernie Fratto. All right, thanks, Kevin. So at this time every week, uh, we continue on our tradition in the last 60 months of bringing you the latest in all the news surrounding the international sport we know as football, but we call soccer. So without further ado, let's bring you Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. The greatest goals. The thrilling finishes. International drama. Chicharito, Chicharito, Chicharito. Ahí, ahí la tiene Torrado. It's all here in this report from the world of soccer. Real quick, there's a couple small news and notes I want to get to before we get into the big stories. The first bit of news is that Brian McBride, general manager for the U.S. men's national team, will not be returning in that position in 2023. So the U.S. men's national team right now looking for a different general manager. Uh, The review of coach Greg Berhalter, we've talked about that in the past. It's still an ongoing uh, investigation, still an ongoing situation. No news out of there yet. We'll update you on the U.S. men's team in a future world of soccer as that drama continues to unfold, but nothing new there yet. Meanwhile, a very funny incident with Italian club Juventus. They were hit with a 15-point deduction over transfer dealings uh, violations conducted by the club. It's funny funny in this regard. The prosecutors actually originally wanted a 9-point deduction from their standings in the Serie A table, but the federation decided to hand them 15 points. That drops them from a top four position, which qualifies them for Champions League next year, all the way down to about 10th place, top with about four or five other clubs well out of range of any European international consideration. This isn't the first time Juventus has been dinged for rules violations, and but it's a huge one, especially with only 20 games to play in the Serie A season and Juventus being one of the largest clubs in Italy. So we'll keep an eye on that, but let's move on to our main stories. The biggest rivalry for players came to a conclusion. Messy, weird, and quite out of place, and probably the only way I think it really could have. When Paris Saint-Germain traveled to Saudi Arabia to play the club Al Nasser on Thursday, yes, that's Thursday with the club season fully underway, to play a friendly in the middle of the week, why? Well, why? The Saudis had played had paid $10 million for an exhibition game with PSG. PSG agreed to it because, in spite of being owned by Qatar, they need all the revenue they can get to stay within uh, spending regulations in Europe. 
However, COVID-19 uh, restrictions had pushed this back. So suddenly in the, in the middle of January, in the 2023 calendar, in a crammed calendar place, we have PSG in Saudi Arabia playing a friendly against Al Nasser, which meant Lionel Messi with PSG against Cristiano Ronaldo, the, the, the man who just moved to Saudi Arabia for a lot of money probably for the last time. It used to be every year we'd get this. It used to be every year we'd get Messi with Barcelona and, and Cristiano Ronaldo with Real Madrid squaring off against each other. It was a one last glance we might have of this. However, this game probably wasn't the first thing on Paris Saint-Germain's mind, given that they've slipped to a meager three-point lead in French League One earlier in the week, and they have a French Cup game to play on Monday. They're, as I said, busy time of the year. Probably not the first game on their mind, but when you're getting paid a lot of money by the Saudis, you're expected to start a lot of your starters. So that meant, here we go, one last time. This game was pretty hard to get unless you paid about $4 on YouTube, I believe. Uh, PSG played poorly, but not Messi. Messi scored within the first three minutes of the game, then converted a penalty, which Mbappe took and scored on. However, in the second half, they were down to about 10, man, 10 men. Neymar missed an easy penalty. It was a messy game for them. Ronaldo, on the other hand, scored two goals, one off a penalty and another in the first half. And those counted for his first goals since coming to Saudi Arabia. It was a fun match. I wouldn't call it exactly a barn burner. I wouldn't, I'm not going to call it down the classic. Uh, both Messi and Ronaldo were subbed out in the 60th minute. The atmosphere from the stadium was considered very casual for the two. But papers across, across Europe were not as happy about that. They called it a sorry state of affairs for a final match between two of the greatest of all times that we've seen play in this generation. But I'm not sure if it's really the final one. Given how much money there is in Saudi Arabia, how much they've thrown around, it's not impossible to believe that they're going to seek out another one of these matches, knowing full well the power of having Messi and Ronaldo on the same pitch squaring off against each other, even as both stars are entering your sunsetting periods, especially with Ronaldo playing in Saudi Arabia. As we've long documented, the Saudis like throwing around their money, especially in the world of sports. One other place they might be able to do that is in the United Kingdom, where one of the biggest clubs in the world is finally entering its endgame for a sale that supporters have long anticipated. We're entering a very interesting time in the Premier League where some of the biggest clubs are up for sale. Liverpool might be going up for sale at some point, depending on the rumors you might believe. But right now, it's all about Manchester United. Yes, Manchester United, once the greatest club in the world, who has been falling on a lot of hard times. And a lot of it comes back to an ownership group who I believe might be the most hated in the world. World. And I am talking about the Glazer family, the same Glazer family who also owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the NFL. They've long owned Manchester United and they've long bit at heads with Manchester United supporters about that ownership. And it all started when the Glazers bought the club back in 2005. At that time, Manchester United had been floated on the London Stock Exchange for over 14 years, but the Glazers bought the club and took them private. They bought them for about 790 million pounds. However, the key was they only invested 270 million of their own money into the deal and borrowed against United, almost half a billion against United, which immediately crippled the club with debt. 
Up until that point, Manchester United had been debt-free. And over the years, debt repayments and interest were added to the mix, along with some ter terrible deals. And this ultimately is what upset a lot of the supporters more than Manchester United's flagging performances. They haven't won the Premier League in over 10 years, and they haven't won Champions League since, I believe, 2008. And the, quite honestly, they've had a lot of uneven performances. But many Man U supporters will, will use the phrase, love United, hate Glazer. And they, and they were long against this idea that Man U was a cash cow to be to be take out debt against, to use to fund other ventures for the Glazer family. They, Manchester United long felt used in this regard by their by their supporters, and protests have gone almost seemingly over a decade, with probably the most famous coming in 2021, when Man U fans stormed the field before a Man U Liverpool match and forced the game to be delayed. Now, however, all of those actions seem to have finally brought Man U to the table, and United may very well be sold. So who's up at the table? Well, I mentioned the Saudis. Yes, they own Newcastle United right now. However, we will never discount the Saudis from owning a club, especially one as lucrative as Manchester United. Joining the pool this week was one of the wealthiest men in Britain, billionaire Sir Jim Ratcliffe, owned of the chemical chemical company Ineos. Already been rumored for a while, 19th richest man in the world, real estate mogul Armancio Ortega, a consortium known as the Red Knights, led by former Goldman Sachs boss and United fan Lord Jim Neal. The capital group for the ruling family of Dubai. Remember that Manchester City is actually owned by the ruling family of Abu Dhabi, another city in the United Arab Emirates. And of course, the one who gets a lot of press is former United footballer David Beckham. He doesn't really have the money himself to make a purchase, but he could very well be a public face or a minority owner for one of these groups. We'll keep an eye on that. Supporters must be happy as the Glazer era may finally be coming to an end. And that's the world of soccer. There you have it. The world of soccer. Chris Perfett, we bring it to you every week. Both shows and a cornucopia of information on football, which we call soccer in this country. We cover it all on the Bernie Fratto Show. Coming up, we wrap up the show. What were the schedule makers thinking? They didn't do the Dallas Cowboys any favors, did they? But TV is king. I will explain. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
Wrapping it up on the Bernie Fratto Show. We're coming to you live from the TireAct.com studios here in Las Vegas. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. They've been with me since 11 p.m. Pacific. Kevin Figures on the updates. Uh, Mark Ramsey and, of course, uh, Ethan Miller. Great job tonight, guys, keeping everything rolling uh, right along. All right. Good roundtable discussion about half an hour ago. If we all had just one game we could watch. Uh, Kevin mentioned Cincinnati uh, and, and and Buffalo and f- for some very good reasons. Uh, we we need to see the fate of complete from the Monday night game, and this had all kind of implications for seedings and you name it. And then, of course, uh, Ethan, his hometown Eagles, but there's storylines there too, right? You, you, you've, involving Daniel Jones, involving Jalen Hurts. And the, the one game I would watch, if I could only watch one game, are the Cowboys. Cowboys and the... 49ers, okay, it's the final game. It's the one the networks decided that TV was going to rule the day on, I think, because of all the, you know, historic storylines around those two teams. And, of course, not just that, but, you know, this this season, too, with, with, with Jerry Jones and Dak going down early and Cooper Rush keeping them alive and they're playing the playoff game of their life. What's interesting is the schedule makers really did the Cowboys no favors, right? Um. Think about this. The Cowboys had to play a Monday night road playoff game. Now they travel back to Dallas, and now they travel to play the 49ers Sunday night. So they're playing a road Monday night playoff game, Dallas did, followed by a road playoff game this coming Sunday. Two plane rides. Meanwhile, the Niners get two extra days to prepare. Now, there's some history here. In the last 30 instances in the National Football League, when a team wins a road Monday night football game, and then they have to travel for a second week in a row to play a second consecutive road game with less days to prepare than their opponent, in those 30 instances, the team that fell into that category, 3-27 and 27 straight up. And by the way, did I happen to mention this is the Cowboys' fourth road game in a row this is going to be an interesting game not only to watch and to speculate on but to handicap because what if i told you the 49ers they've won 11 games in a row but the last 14 teams to go for that 12th win in a row after having already won 11 in a row only one in 13 against the spread niners are laying three and a half This is not a game I'm involved in, which, by the way, begs the question. Because Cowboys fans are coming out of the woodwork now more than ever. How about them, Cowboys? Mike McCarthy got it done. Give him credit. They went over their season win total of 10.5 wins. Jerry Jones, who lives and dies on every, every little thing, he's in his 80s now, and he wants so dearly to prove he can win a Super Bowl without Jimmy Johnson. And this is, how do you not pay attention to this? You know, whether you like or hate the Yankees, whether you like or hate the Raiders, the Boston Celtics, the Lakers, or various teams throughout history that are polarizing. Remember, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. And so there are only two types of people in the world, those who like the Cowboys and those who don't. But regardless, people will hate watch. You cannot tell me, and I don't really have a rooting interest in any of these teams, but you cannot tell me a Cowboys Chiefs Super Bowl wouldn't be interesting to the masses. 
A Philly Chiefs Super Bowl would be fantastic. But there's that added dimension of Dak and, and Jerry Jones and the whole Jimmy Johnson thing and just the whole Cowboy America's team persona that they have carried forth for 50 years. Cowboys are plus 850 to win the Super Bowl. Will they win it? Well, here's why they could. Okay. When they play, when they're good, they're actually great. The, the trouble is, you just don't know what Cowboys team you're going to get, you, and you know what I'm, you know what I mean by that. They throttled Tampa Bay Monday night, destroyed them. By the way, back week nine, week ten, they completely dismantled the Vikings, forty to three in November. The Cowboys have had games this year where they scored forty points twice, forty nine points once, and fifty four. Three times this season, their defense is forced. Four or more turnovers. You got Micah Parsons. He's a game wrecker. He's got 14 sacks this year. 14 tackles for loss. 27 quarterback hits. Dallas has star power. Dak Prescott coming off the game of his life. CeeDee Lamb proved he's as good as it gets. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, what a nice one-two punch. And Trevon Diggs, he can, he can turn a game around with his defense, right? Dallas ranks second defensively this year. Their offense has been pretty good. They're averaging 32 points a game. Here's the kicker. Prescott's got to take care of the ball. He cannot turn it over. That will be how the Cowboys live or die, whether or not he turns the ball over and if the defense can play like they did last Monday. But here's the downside. Why do I think the Cowboys will fall short? Because you can't, keep, you can't overreact to what they did to the Buccaneers who had one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. I, I, they just Dallas has been so inconsistent this year, and yes, their offense has been pretty good. But who have they played? They've only faced seven top fifteen defenses, and uh, they only rank twelfth offensively when you face those types of defenses. And they're going to face one when they play when they play the Forty Niners uh, Sunday. And Dallas is the run heaviest team. They're banged up on their offensive line. They've been inefficient on first down. They got their hands full with San Francisco. Be that as it may. And by the way, do you really want to bet on Mike McCarthy? I don't. But be that as it may, anything can happen. This is the National Football League. That would be the game I could watch if I could only watch one. It's going to do it for the Bernie Fratto Show. Keep it locked. Up next, the great Anthony Gargano on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. (laughs) 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.